0: All right, we're back here. We're back here on the Ohio one with Rachel Quo from how things work at the Ohio Statehouse. And as always, very busy day for those who work and come to the Statehouse. Rachel, how are you doing today?
1: I'm all right. Things are ramping up at the Statehouse right now.
0: Yes, lots of discussions about the things that um, you know we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. And you know, just a quick promo uh, had a lot of great conversations with the Ohio Capitol Journal lately. Uh, Check out a recent podcast with Susan Tevin, I believe uh, it came out on Thursday, and also one with Jake Zuckerman, where they are talking about things from education to some crazy COVID hearings, they ended up having YouTube pulling the hearings, so check those out. But uh, Rachel, today, I wanted to talk to you about protests. I think no matter where you sit on the political, I guess, spectrum, for lack of a better term, uh, protests have become a major issue in Ohio Um, I know there's a lot of issues after the senseless death of uh, George Floyd. And as well, there's been some protests by people who aren't happy with having to wear a mask and some other issues with COVID. Uh, You were telling me earlier today that there's some bills being introduced that might change the way these protests are operated. Can you tell me a little bit more about what some people are trying to do?
1: Yes. Uh, so There are three bills uh, that we've seen so far connected to protests at the state house. Um, one of them, it seems very similar to a bill that did not pass last time around. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to miss words. These bills are dangerous. They are, I've been talking to lawyers. I'm not one myself, but they have at least aspects to them that cannot be considered constitutional. They are incredibly broadly written. And no matter where you stand on, on which side of the aisle you're on, what you'd be coming to the state house to protest about these bills are, are not the answer. Um, we can well, let's talk, talk
0: about, about each one so people know what, you know, what would happen if these get approved. Uh, well, what's the first one? Uh, what would the first one allow? I guess maybe that's the best way of phrasing it.
1: Sure. So the first one is Senate Bill 16. And okay. it sounds great from the start. It's uh, the way they've been promoting it is that it would offer protections for first responders um, from attacks that occur during protests. Sounds great. Right. But it's written so broadly as to make it so that anyone at the protest or even anyone who's organizes the protest could be potentially in danger of being charged with crimes. And a lot of these bills create new crimes uh, that are very broadly written as well. So for example, they create a new offense in this bill uh, called harassment in a place of public accommodation. Uh, So you could be literally charged with a crime for harassing someone. And, you know, what does that mean? Is that yelling a word? Is that, you know, insulting someone? Is that really something that we're going to consider a crime here in Ohio? Uh, These bills are just written to such a broad extent that I don't think they're going to have the impact that they say they're trying to achieve.
0: And the broader the one is, like you said, how do you define that? I mean, you know, I could be talking to you like this and you could be call me later going, Why are you yelling at me? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm just having a conversation. Yeah. Is there a thought that you know maybe there's somebody that maybe might be for the bill but say, hey, let's make this really specific. Because to me, like if it gets passed, no matter how you feel politically, it doesn't really have teeth to it. So like if you're prosecuted under that bill, how would you ever get in trouble? I mean, I guess that might be a good thing depending on how you look at it, but it just sounds like a silly bill if there's really no If it doesn't mean anything, you know, these bills got to mean something, right?
1: Sure. And I'm sure you could get folks on both sides of the aisle to agree that someone who, you know, attacks or assaults a first responder, maybe we could have more penalties for something physical like that. But this bill, SB 16, again, you know, another thing it does is it makes it a crime to taunt or torment a first responder. I'm not sure what that means, but it sounds like, again, using your words um, and hurting someone's feelings is not unconstant or is not against the law in Ohio and it shouldn't be. Uh, so it's, um, I don't think it really, because of the way it's written, because it's so broad, uh, and could even hurt folks who helped organize a protest and aren't even maybe even there. Um, it doesn't have, you know, it doesn't protect first responders in the way that you might get bipartisan support for. So there's definitely some work to be done on that and, and all three of these bills.
0: Okay. And let's talk about the second one. So 16 is kind of weird in that direction. What is the second one? Uh, want to do?
1: So the next one is House Bill 109. Um, It's introduced by the same folks who introduced the anti-protest bill last year, but it's so new that we don't have the the nonpartisan analysis of it yet. So we're still waiting on that to see if the specific language has changed. But there were a lot of these same concerns about that bill last time around that it was too broadly written, that it hurt folks who maybe were just attending the protest or even helped organize it and were not actually the cause of any of these riots or damage. Uh, so we'll have to see if the bill has been changed when that analysis comes out.
0: Okay. And how about the third one?
1: The third one is interesting because it's uh, it's Senate Bill 41. And it attacks uh, the ability, it makes it so that it's more expensive uh, to protest. It would increase penalties and actually require penalties. When I, mean, when I say penalties, I mean fines um, for folks who are protesting. And again, the concern is how broadly it's written. Uh, one thing I'd want to point out is that it includes, under the crime of vandalism, it includes things like marring or marking uh, government property. So does that mean that if I place a sticker on a government door, could I be charged with a crime? If my shoes scuff up the steps in front of the Capitol building, could could I be charged with a crime? You know, you have to write these so that every word points to the actual crime that you want to punish rather than including a whole bunch of folks in there who may not be purposefully causing any damage. Yeah.
0: I kind of think, you know, I don't think anybody out there is saying, hey, you shouldn't protest. I mean, you know, DeWine, Yvonne protests were very critical of Mike DeWine. He's like, hey, protest. That's what we're allowed to do, it's America. Like, if I'm making the law, and obviously, there's smarter people than we are. There's people who are putting a lot of legal minds into it. But I kind of just look at, hey, look at that front yard, that big grassy area in front of the Ohio House. If you are in that grassy area, and if you're not breaking the law and you know, beating up other people, protest away. You know, protest, you know, for weeks in a row if you want. It, it sounds weird. It, it, granted, there's... Other things at play, like when we think of George Floyd and everything, I'm, I don't think that answers all the questions in the world. But to me, it would just make life so much simpler. You know, just use just that big front yard. If a big front yard for the state house is a nice place to protest, but it obviously can't be that easy, right?
1: We, yeah, there's there's debate about that. That's where it gets into kind of a partisan question where there's people who say protesting is just about being seen, and so standing in that lawn is great. But there's others who say if you're not causing people to be frustrated or annoyed with you by kind of, you know, making it harder for them to get through their day without seeing you, then you're not really accomplishing as much. So there's a lot of discussion about that. Uh, but then the counter argument would be that people like first responders still have to be able to do their job. So it's very difficult to try and legislate how you can protest effectively, but also keeping everyone safe. So that is a, that gets into a whole different area of protest and and constitutionality comes into play as well. It's, you know, I'm personally a huge fan of protests just in general. A few years back, we saw with SB5, we saw literally thousands of folks come out to the state house to protest against uh, that anti-workers rights, anti-union bill. and, And that actually ended up being overturned at the ballot. But it started with, massive in-person protests so we know that they can be effective we just got to figure out a way to keep everyone safe yeah
0: no i definitely agree and i think what's kind of made these ones even stranger is yeah the george floyd cause yeah definitely worth protesting but it was weird because it got bad in columbus but it wasn't a question, even though it was in front of the state house, and obviously the state house is where to make the rules and everything, it wasn't really against the state, but that was a good place to protest. You know what I mean? And then you look at even the election, the one that kind of turned out to be kind of silly a couple of weeks ago that we talked about. Yeah, at the state house, that's what our government is, but really the state house really wasn't where they. It wasn't affiliated with the presidential election, I'll put it that way. So yeah, it seemed like the a lot of the ones in twenty twenty were important, but they weren't directly related to what was happening at the State House. I don't know if I'm gonna explain that right, but
1: Sure. I mean, you know, George Floyd was not killed in Columbus, for example. Right. But right. there are in every state we have issues with institutional racism. Uh, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And that need to be addressed. Uh, after that, those protests, the Senate Democrats, for example, issued a list of over 80 bills that they had introduced in the last few years to address systemic racism, most of which hadn't moved forward. And so right. it created the opportunity uh, for folks in Columbus at the State House to talk about this issue because there was a national discussion going on.
0: Well, I'm thinking especially when we look at Columbus. And Greg, The statehouse isn't just for Columbus. The statehouse is for everybody in the state. But, like, in Columbus especially, I mean, we talked about this on Morning Show. I mean, Columbus police has shown to be the place here in town where there have been issues, not just with – and, you know, if you say, well, it's just George Floyd. I mean, we had two awful shootings of people of color here in uh, Franklin County that were on top of the George Floyd thing. That made it hard. And I, I was just thinking that you're right the state house is where some of these bills can get started to help fix the problem. It almost seemed like with the last two horrific cases that, you know, let's protest the Columbus police department and let's definitely, you know, go to the sheriff's office and protest what happened over there too. But no, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think we need to protect the rights of protesting and no matter where you are politically. I mean, if you're a Republican, you got to support the protest with George Floyd as much as you are, you, you may support the ones with the anti-maskers, but um, we just have to keep everyone safe. I mean, it's not worth, I mean, I think, I think you're right. You have to cause trouble. You can't just sit there. Like I can't sit here and say, okay, let's protest together. Well, protesting on podcasts may not do as much. Sometimes you have to go out there and cause a little bit of frustration for other people. But at the same time, you're right. We have to keep everyone safe. And that's the important thing.
1: Yeah, so and then the question becomes how do you legislate that so everyone's <clears throat> rights are protected? That's the interesting question for sure.
0: Well, and it's interesting too, with this being such a political football, it seems like everyone, and I, I hate to say everyone, because this may throw out a big blanket over everybody, but it seems like a lot of people with this protest question it's kind of done with some self-interest. You know what I mean? If you have a Republican next to your name, you're probably feeling a little bit differently about the protests based on the main ones that happen than if you're a Democrat by your name. So um, hopefully people kind of get the self-interest out and just say, how can we protect the right to protest because that's who we are as Americans, but at the same time, let's protect the way that's A, fair to everybody, and B, keep people safe
1: too. So. Yep. So we'll be watching these bills, uh, all three of them. And if there's more, we'll be watching those as well on our statehouse page. And hopefully your listeners will keep paying attention to them also.
0: Definitely. Let me put you on the spot for a second. You guys had a program and forgive me if it already happened. But I saw there's a program about how to protest or you guys had some type of a webinar or something about protesting. Did I say that
1: right? Oh, that was, that was a partner organization. Uh, there were several, I believe, um, protest and justice-oriented activist groups that held a seminar, an online seminar, about what okay. Ohioans' rights are now that SB 33 passed, which was another protest-related bill uh, mostly connected to fracking and protests on uh, pipeline areas. It passed last year. So now they're discussing what folks' rights are in this term.
0: <laughs> Well, and those, and I guess what I'm saying is check out Rachel's page that she co-founded, How Things Work with the Ohio Stay House, because there's a lot of helpful information. There's a lot of webinars. There's a lot of just um, good articles just to check out to learn more about it. And it's done in such a way where you don't have to agree with everything's being written. You know, you don't have to look at it. It's more of a, hey, learn more about what's happened to Stay House. Learn more about what, what's important. Can you access some of those old webinars? On there?
1: I You can definitely access some of them. We'd have to check with our partner org on that one. Okay. But yes, we are constantly posting uh, events that look interesting, connected to statehouse issues and policy for all of our different partner groups. And everyone's welcome to sign on to those and, and participate. Usually they're online, so they're easy to get to.
0: Yeah, and that's why I'm glad for this weekly call, because even someone like me that works in the news business, I think sometimes you, you miss the okay, we're writing about the state house because I guess that's what we do. But we lose a little bit about how important it is and how it's valuable every time. So hopefully people take from our weekly conversation to say, hey, it matters what's happening down there. And not just during a real bad time like now with the pandemic. It matters, you know, day in, day out, even in smaller things like budget. And not the budgets are smaller, but people may not think of the budget as big. And it's good to say, hey, look, what's going on there is important. And Keep checking it out. It's a good page to do that. So how things work in the House to State House, you type it in Facebook, it'll pop right up. And like I said, lots of good information from Rachel and her co-founder, as well as a lot of people like me who post our stories each day. So you can get a good feel of what's happening in the media around politics and other matters. So very good. Well, well Rachel, I appreciate it. Uh, what can we look forward to next week? Anything major coming up?
1: Well, we've got a lot more hearings on the budget, uh, so that'll be happening. And then we've got lots of bills being introduced this week, so it'll be interesting to see which ones get hearings really quickly. So, sure, we'll have more for you next week.
0: Very good. We'll definitely check it out. Well, thank you, Rachel. Hang out for a second afterwards, and thank you for checking out the Ohio. As always, Rachel, we appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, bye-bye.